Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Six Feet Under. Uh, we're going to play a round of Strike today, which you probably haven't heard of, because this is going to be a play test session. Uh, so, in progress, not available for the faint of heart. You gotta, you gotta know a guy who knows a guy uh, at the moment. But before we get into it, we're going to have a bit of a pod chat about designing from influences. Now, in order to talk about this, we have myself, which is to say Ironicus, and Ix, and Panzer, and Drackle from the regular crew. Say hello, everybody. Hi, I'm all three of them. Uh... <laughs> it's true, he is. And uh, to give us an ounce of legitimacy, at least, uh, is our very special guest. Please introduce yourself as you would like to be introduced. Hi, I'm Jim. I wrote this game. Awesome. Pretty good uh, credentials as far as things go. <laughs> is there anything else uh, you would like to uh, promote? Things you do, things uh, where pe- places where people can find you. You know, there is a, there is a preview of this game up uh, that uh, anyone can get. Awesome. Just, yeah, you gotta find it. Use Google. We're we're cutting one person out. If you gotta know a guy who knows a guy, you just gotta know the guy. Google. <laughs> and All Google. I am told there is a uh, Kickstarter on its way, or we might be holding these episodes until it's already up. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm planning on it. I just yeah. you know time, and uh, right now I'm I'm a I'm a teacher at uh, college, and uh, it's busy because exams. But after exams are done, it gets I have, I have nothing to do over Christmas. So hopefully, I'll be able to get everything in order and get the Kickstarter up. Hey everybody, it's Ironicus from the present going back and correcting something I in the past said. Uh, In the time between recording this episode and posting it for you fine folks, Strike is easier to get and find than ever. You just go to strikerpg.com and you'll have all sorts of information and uh, all the same preview information and, and rules that we're working with now available without having to hunt Jim down on social media, which is great. Also, if our uh, schedules worked out as intended, it's uh, funding on Kickstarter right now if you're looking for a full, properly laid out version or the print version. So that's awesome. Go check it out at strikerpg.com. I have an exam for you, Ironicus. Yes? What's today's pod chat subject? Today's topic is designing from your influences. Now, uh, I've got that preview of Strike open, and the very last page is a ludography. Would anyone like to tell me what ludography means? Yeah, I mean, it's like a bibliography, but with games instead of books. Perfect. And looking down, I'm seeing a Burning Wheel slash Mouse Guard, uh, D&D 4th Edition, Apocalypse World... Uh, 13th Age, which uh, regular Six Feet Under listeners should be pretty familiar with by now. It's only been a few years. Come on. Uh, (laughs) Apocalypse World, 13th Age, which I mentioned. XCOM Enemy Unknown, which is a computer game. Never heard of computer? It's that thing that you use to to Skype with people. Phone? Yeah, something like that. Just continue. Uh, Last Stand and Somebody's Blog, which is a game now, I, I swear. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really fit, but uh, I, I borrowed some stuff in there, so I figured I'd credit it. Uh, so I guess the first question is, you, you list all these influences. How uh, tightly interwoven do you think they are into the game you made? Um, the first two, uh, Luke Crane's games, Burning Wheel and Mouse Card, particularly Mouse Card and um, D&D 4E, uh, Pretty tightly woven in, I'd say. 
um, I was, uh, you know, wor working a lot from, from those ideas. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make the combat, you know, basically like D&D, but, oh, so much faster. Because I have this love-hate relationship with D&D. I, I love playing it, but there's so much I hate about it at the same time. <laughs> you, love, you love playing it for the first half hour, but after that it's a little bit more, you know, general-like. Maybe heading on into dislike. We know which direction the HP is going. Can can we just wrap this up? <laughs> uh, and on the uh, burning wheel mouse guard side. Um. Well, uh, basically, uh, where I wanted to make the combat feel like D and D, but uh, faster and with less math. I wanted to make the non-combat stuff feel kind of like burning wheel or mouse guard, but with everything simplified there. Um, less math, no setting target numbers. Um, just everything is roll a d6 and see what comes up. And just by putting those two together, uh, people will see once we start playing, but you get a really interesting thing that isn't very much like either. Like you've got D clearly D&D-inspired combat, but with no uh, d20, no uh, target-to-hit number, no armor class. Uh, and uh, at the same time, you've got uh, something that looks kind of like Burning Wheel, uh, wherein you're, you're just trying to get high numbers on a d6, but without, uh, but you've still got a tactical grid and you have to worry about cover bonuses, which is something very foreign to that game as well. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's where I guess XCOM comes in. Um, basically, I played a bunch of XCOM and I realized that the, the cover system there is just incredibly simple to adjudicate and play. You don't have to be, getting out rulers or drawing lines or putting your head down close to the to the map to see if you what your mini can see. You don't have any of that. The cover is just, uh, you look at it and you can immediately see who you have cover from and who you don't. And so that seemed like a, a perfect thing to borrow for a tabletop game because, you know, a complicated cover system with lots of lines and stuff is good for a computer to do, but uh, kind of a pain in practice. But this one just works out really quickly and easily. Okay. At the table. So here's a question. Uh, how far away can you get from an influence before you can say that it's not really influenced by it? Because I can imagine people looking at this game and hearing, oh, it's uh, like D&D &D, but faster and the, the numbers are simpler. And then they read it and it like, th th they burst into flames. <laughs> at not seeing a skill list or, or something like that. Uh, yeah. Well, how estranged do you think? Well, is there a line, or is this just a thing that uh, is varies from person to person? Well, I mean, I think that uh, the you know, to anyone who's played fourth edition D and D playing this game, you'll immediately see where the similarities are. And um, you're right; there are you know some vast differences as well. And that just comes down to, you know, there were, there were lots of things I didn't like, and I changed them. And I wasn't afraid to change <laughs> right? So I just changed it if I didn't like it. I think it's kind of hard to say whether or not there's a line after which you're, you're no longer allowed to say it's designed from an influence, and you're only allowed to say it's designed. Um, it seems like that is up to both the creator and the player to see what they find where... Um, but at the same time, I'm really glad that this game uh, states its influences, but combines them in such a way that it is 
very distinct from all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time when something is described... Well, it's actually kind of a common thing among games, especially, for them to be described as X plus Y. Right. Or, or a like, love letter to Z. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, with elements of X, again. Um, but that always seems to come off as really reductive. It almost sounds like, okay, so if I play this game, it's going to be like playing a little bit of all these games, but not as good, I guess, <laughs> is how it always comes off to me. Uh, so I much prefer when a game states that it's inspired by something because that still leaves the room for evolution rather than just picking and choosing favorite elements and reading through this game there are definitely places that are distinct from all the influences and those are all my favorite parts personally I don't know about you guys <laughs> I think uh, one thing about designing from influences that's very common uh, is the uh, concept of the fantasy heartbreaker uh, which, if you're not familiar, it comes from somebody's blog. I can't even remember who, who's. But uh, the idea that th- these people who make their own system, and it's very clear they've only played basically one game, and they have one idea that they think would make it better, and it, it breaks your heart because this one good idea is trapped inside uh, this framework that someone who doesn't have really the breadth of experience to, to think outside that box. Uh, you, you most likely see it with uh, D&D clones, especially. That's why it's the fantasy heartbreaker. But, I mean, you've got other uh, games that, that could fall under that same thing. I'm, I'm sure there's Call of Cthulhu uh, yeah. heartbreakers out there. Just that not would, quite as common. That would be another danger of referencing your game as being X plus Y from the get-go. That'll just make you terrified of going outside of those confines because you'll you might fear that the game departs too far from those influences and that the people who are initially interested would no longer be willing to follow you down your own path. So I think it's really important, even in the language that you use with yourself, to stop describing your games as X plus Y and start describing them as what they really are, which is which might be something completely different, but with a few homages or influences from X and Y. The Pokemon games, I mean. <laughs> I think it's also a pretty common... It's less prevalent now, that I found, but um, it's a pretty common fear maybe a few years ago in the creative communities to say what your influences are, because, I don't know, it just might seem at first like... Well, why do I need to play this if those already exist then? Like the fear of an idea needing to be absolutely 100% original is a fear that I think a lot of young creatives grapple with. But I think in truth, you really do need to just embrace all your influences, um, put them at the forefront, and but don't be afraid to evolve past them at the same time. It's a It's a difficult middle ground to strike, but once you get it, I think... Pretty much any product, creative or otherwise, I guess, is going to be much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, I mean, for me, coming from an academic background, um, I've been to grad school and stuff, it's just been ingrained in me that, you know, citing your influences is what you do. You, you say, you know, what papers someone should read to understand your paper, where you are getting these ideas from, and... 
that's just what you do, and it's a good thing, and it enables the spread of knowledge because everyone else can go and get these ideas too, and and understand your ideas better. Yeah, I think this might also be one of the origins of uh, genres as starting to be kind of troublesome. Like action adventure is increasingly becoming a non-describer for games because a lot there's a lot of games that have action and adventure in them, and just the language of describing games and art and movies and all sorts of stuff has never been easy. And I think comparing it to other stuff or using established genres is an easy way out. Uh, that can be pretty harmful. So I think having a good solid way of describing whatever it is you're making is a pretty excellent first step to guide the rest of your creative process. Mm-hmm. Uh Here's a question. Uh, now, in games, in, in tabletop game design, uh, the, the use of popular engines uh, comes in waves, and right now we're pretty clearly in the age of Powered by the Apocalypse. But uh, even before, there was the huge D20 boom, and how much do you think that is uh, designing from influences, and how much do you think is bandwagoning uh, or just... Uh, uh, playing with new technology rather than uh, really being influenced by those games. Like, wh- how how do you think that th- those trends interplay with this sort of thing? Well, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it bandwagoning at all. I you know there are lots of people using Apocalypse World right now for designing games, and uh, it's just uh, a really cool, fun system to design. It, it is actually. You know, I've, I've, I've tried my hand at it a little bit. I haven't put anything out there, but I just uh, have fooled around with uh, what you can do. And it's, it's pretty fun to just write these moves and things like that. Um, because you're... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's just uh, you're trying to just capture the essence of one particular cool thing you saw in, in yeah. whatever movie or genre. The, the one part that resonated with you especially, you try to refine and make obvious to other people in your own work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think this is pretty unique for tabletop games. I think it's really hard to bandwagon in a tabletop game when the all-consuming force of Dungeons & Dragons is still pretty much what everyone thinks of when they think of tabletop games, and there's no real way to bandwagon onto that because the majority of people will just, you know, play D&D if they want to play D&D. There, there is Pathfinder in the 13th Age uh, for for that. (laughs) True, but those do... I don't think those are bandwagoning. I think it is still the same idea of they found the ideas that they liked and they enhanced them. They focused in on them. So uh, does anyone have any other thoughts or questions or ideas related to the topic? I'd also like to mention that you mentioned the Apocalypse Engine and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think those are really great, uh, well, basically mechanics for building your own inspirations almost like... That's a silly way to put it, but basically you can mix and match any genre with any system, and even this very system that we're playing tonight, we're playing a very unorthodox, uh, we're playing yeah, a very uh, unorthodox this story. This pod chat was almost, also, uh, excuse me, was almost about uh, the magic of reskinning. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's basically what I'm getting at, that yeah. I am a big fan of reskinning, and that may be just what attracted me so much to Strike in the first place. Oh, yeah. I'm look- I was going to say, yeah, that's one of the things I 
totally diverged from D and I mean, I thought once I hit on the idea that you know if I separate class and role, well now it just makes it so much easier to um, to reskin everything, stripping away the non-combat things from class. So class is just this thing you do in combat and what you're good at there. And you know you can be the guy who shoots the arrows without also having to be the guy who loves nature. And um, just make just uh, that separation of powers, um, allowing you to take whatever background you want for your skills and whatever class you want for your combat niche and whatever role you want to determine how you interact with your team. Um, just letting you mix and match that and put whatever skin you want on that. Um, and I think I think that mix and matching potential in this game and in others that uh, more distinctly separate the engine or the crunch and the fluff, you could say makes it a lot easier for people playing to get inspired because they'll chance upon a combination that nobody else has and then they'll have the chance to elaborate it on it further in their own work. So I think the mix and match is great even in a meta sense of being generative of even more people's ideas. So nice work. Thank you. So uh, I hope everybody listening found something interesting in here, something to think about. Maybe uh, to generate your own podcast, maybe. but not too not too close to our territory. I'll swat you down like just, a fly. Just slap us in your ladography, and, and it's cool. Uh, so, Jim, if somebody wanted to check out uh, Strike, wanted to, to get the lowdown, where could they find you to ask for the magical link? Well, I've got a thread on the Something Awful forums, and it's in the traditional games forum there. And uh, I've made a thread on RPGNet, which uh, is in their Promote Yourself sub-forum there. Um, so uh, what's there already, if you just go to those threads, you'll find immediately a link to the preview. Um, the preview comes with uh, pre-generated characters. It comes with all the rules. It doesn't come with the uh, character generation. If you want to see the character generation stuff, you'll have to uh, send me a message. My email is in those threads. Hey, everybody, I'm doing that time travel thing again to interrupt myself and add information we didn't yet have at the time. Once again, the best place to find all your information for Strike is not tracking down Jim on his uh, social media or different forums. It's just going to strikerpg.com. S-T-R-I-K-E-R-P-G.com. Perfect. And if I'm not mistaken, that Kickstarter campaign is still going on right now, so you can look it up and get a copy of the game for yourself before anybody else. Aren't you special? Yes, you are. That's why you're one of our listeners. So have a great time. And now back to what we actually said back then. And it comes with uh, three adventures, which is really one adventure with three reskins. And we're going to be playing none of them, because I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> so uh thank you very much for listening and thank you jim for coming and joining us uh we'll be right back with the game itself good night folks <laughs>